What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back. It's Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the unfiltered experience where we have unfiltered conversations designed to move your confidence, your awareness, and yourself forward in your authentic life. I'm Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, and I, of course, am joined by my awesome brother from another mother, Mr. Scott Goya. What's going on, Scott? Living the dream, Chris. Flowing, growing, just staying in the river, trying not to bounce off the rocks. You know what we do. Yeah. Well, I noticed, I noticed in, uh, I sent you a picture of it. I, I'm a, I'm a weather geek sometimes. And I noticed you've been having amazingly hot weather out there in, in Texas and, uh, and I've been here, uh, abnormally cold. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you got, you got, you got the different ways that we have to look at things sometimes. Absolutely. No, that, and I think it's good actually to have things like shift up because it kind of makes us look at our environment. When we look at our environment, we tend to say what's going on out there. And then hopefully we say what's going on in here and we shift and we adjust and we grow accordingly. Hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. That's why we do the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think it, I think it's those ebbs and flows that allow us to grow. I mean, so many people are afraid of the downtimes, but I think that the downtimes really is an opportunity for us to reflect to kind of ask ourselves a little bit more, um, you know, direct questions for what it is that we truly want in our life. And I've been telling people lately, like, ask yourself, am I happy? Yes or no. And so oftentimes we go to the middle. Well, I'm sort of, you no, know, if you're either happy or yes or no. And if you're not, what is the area of, the, of, the, of your life that you're not happy in and what steps are you taking to fix it? And so many people are just sitting there in that, that, that case of, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to believe anymore. And so hopefully tonight our conversation with our guest is going to help solidify who we are and give them an opportunity to perhaps examine who they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had some amazing guests as we're talking about I am finding your purpose, getting to know who you are. And one of the things I want to reiterate that we talked about from the first show when we did our live show, um, I think it's very important for us to remember this. We are in a dynamic existence. And so in this existence, we are water, we are the flow, we are the fluidity that comes through this world. And the minute we get stuck on one thing, so we get stuck on an ideology. We get stuck on this is my identity and only who I am. The second we do that, that's like being in the middle of the river and getting stuck on a rock in the rapids. And so what happens is the river keeps flowing and we're on that rock yelling at everybody else, telling them that wrong. Eventually they disappear and become part of that fluidity, which is life. So what I want you guys to really listen to closely today, because our special guest really, really has done a great job of being super self-aware of identifying that here's something that's a label that I wear in this present moment. Here's another thing that I wear and figuring out how to come back to that center, that, that truth I am. And I love the way she speaks. I love her intellect. I love her heart and mind alignment. It just always feels good. And I think you guys will feel the same thing. So without further ado, I want to invite my great friend, Tunisia Green to the show. Hi, Tunisia. Tunisia, Hi. what's up? Welcome Hi. to the Unfiltered Experience. Hi, how are you doing? We're fantastic. We're ready to rock and roll with you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I love it. I love it. So Tunisia, we'll start and just uh, ask you the, the big question. Um, a lot of times we'll ask somebody, you know, what's the first I am statement that comes to mind? We've had I am playful. We've had what, what did uh, Mitzi Purdue say again? I am actively growing. What was hers? Yeah. Was yeah. Hers was fun. Hers was fun. Um, oh, man. Actively learning. Um, I can't it was remember. beautiful. And yeah. you know what? 
guys, it's Friday night. I'm not always there. Long week, but uh, we'll get back to Now you have to go watch the Mitzi Purdue show because I couldn't <laughs> remember what she said. We've had some beautiful I am statements and would love to hear which one comes to mind for you if you've got one or two that you'd like to share. Well, yes, Scott, thank you. I do. So um, I guess one way that I've come to uh, see myself is that I am constantly growing and changing, but also over the years, I've learned to uh, develop a somewhat of a, a gratefulness or contentment for what I do have, the, the good things, and even sometimes the not so great things that I'm experiencing you know, at that moment. So uh, gratitude and growth, I guess, would be what I am. I am growing and I am grateful. grateful. Mic drop. These are all beautiful right there. I am growing and I'm grateful. Those are solid right there. If we could all start with a baseline of gratitude and know that we're always flowing and growing, what would this world look like? Much better place. So, so true. So true. I mean, about gratitude. I mean, gratitude, when you can find gratitude in the downtimes of your life, then that's the perspective to have. Because when we think about it, when have we grown the most when things were easy or when things were challenging? So in those moments of challenge, we can ask ourselves, hey, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Or we can ask ourselves, how can I run away from this? And hopefully it goes away. And so I love the fact that you talk about gratitude. Tell us about something in your life where you've had gratitude for something that might have been what's considered negative. And on the other side of it, you can see how you can be grateful for it. Well, yes. Uh, so this is probably uh, maybe a big part of what I'll talk about tonight um, is that um, in 2018, 2019, uh, my mother started to uh, exhibit signs and was eventually diagnosed in 2019 with Alzheimer's disease. Oh, my God. And um, it completely changed everything for me. Um, and, and when I say everything, the way I related to her as well as myself mm -hmm. and my expectations of others. Um, my mother was a caregiver for a sibling. So by default, I also became caregiver for her and him. So this really was a big change for me in um, two things, learning uh, one to um, accept what's happening at the moment and not be so stuck in what, what happened in the past and what I experienced or my expectations of the past. And um, to even make this a little bit more dramatic, um, so around the time that she was diagnosed, I had already started, I decided, uh, I don't know, I was maybe 52 or 53 and I was reading Mindful Magazine and there was an article about this lady, she was in her 50s and she always wanted to be a counselor, therapist. And uh, her husband told her, he said, you know, you have a choice. You can go back to school and two years from now, however much the time length was, you'll be not a counselor or two years from now, you will be a counselor. But either way, the time will pass. So in 2017, before all of the drama with the family illness and so forth started, I would, had been wanting to go back and obtain my doctoral degree. And so I did. So I started a doctoral wow. program uh, through uh, a university that was in Connecticut doing a hybrid program that was part distance learning, part a little bit going up there. And then about, I don't know, two semesters into the program, 
get this diagnosis, this life, this family, you know, changing diagnosis. And it's just a small, you know, number of us. So uh, my family is, is pretty small. So a lot of responsibility landed in my lap, mm -hmm. in addition to a full-time job and also a part-time job, because of course, you know, I always like to do be a little extra. <laughs> so, so here all this was happening and I had a choice at that point. Well, I could stop. Um, and I thought, no, I'm not going to stop because part of, part of my personality, I think has always been, you know, the bulldog through things, you know, whatever it takes to get things done. That's mm -hmm. always just been part of my personality. So I said, well, okay, I'm going to continue. Okay. About three semesters into the program and one semester into the diagnosis, or maybe it was two, I, I fall, I, ch I changed job locations and I fall three weeks into the new location and I broke, break both wrists in my, both bones in my wrists. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes it hard to do your schoolwork. So, so hard to do that, hard to, hard to do uh, my part, you know, hard to do the part-time jobs. Um, I learned how to use uh, voice, you know, dictation on my phone. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, uh, a full-time job was I was a teacher and I actually initially had to rely on students to help me type things into my mm -hmm. computer. Um, they were a, a huge blessing. In fact, when I, I fell, I fell at work and the students had to, to help me out. So uh, part-time job was... Uh, Believe it or not, I was uh, was an acupuncturist and I had a practice in a chiropractor's office, was renting a space and I would go to work there like Tuesday nights and Saturdays on the weekend. Then I was helping out mom. I was doing all this stuff. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm extra. So other part time side gig I was doing and I've been doing forever was uh, so before career changes and everything. I was a tech writer and worked in the science field. So I was doing medical writing for this company. And uh, so everything was relying on this right hand, right? Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, I thought, okay, what is the universe trying to tell me? Well, maybe I do too much was one thing. So I was grateful for that lesson. Mm -hmm. But also it was like, am I going to change my personality? Um, my personality has always been, you know, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing to identify with it or not, but grit, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Good. That's integrity. <laughs> very, very difficult to determine, you know, so people say, oh, you're a Taurus and that's part of being a Taurus. So yeah, whatever. But I am, that's, that's just me. And so I said, okay, I remembered that article in, in Mindful Magazine. I thought, well, you know, three or four years from now, these situations will still be here. The situations, the diagnosis is not, is not a reversible illness. It's not going to change. No. So we'll find a way to make it work. And so with that, I, I can say um, that was, that was the, I mean, I've been through many other challenges in life, but that one, or I guess you could say this one because it's still ongoing. I'm really grateful for it. made me to an even greater level rely on other people. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I heard when you said strength there, one of my big definitions of strength, especially when I go to these, you know, host these men's retreats is could strength look different to your current version? And I invite them to say, could strength be vulnerability? Could strength be asking for help? And I heard you say that loud and clear, and I could see the expansive I am in you open up when you were saying that. So keep telling us more about that because everybody here has the outside world. And how do you take your inside world, hold your principles, your strength, your standards, your truth in light of everything around us? Because that's exactly what it is. This flow, we're getting bounced off rocks every moment. How do you stay in the flow, even though those rocks are bruising you up and you know there's more rocks coming, but you still hold true to Tunisia? Well, um, so I have to go back to this. Uh, many years ago, I learned to meditate. And so meditation has been something that helps me a lot. It helps um, in the prayer to um, take a moment and step back and, and pause, hit pause, and also yeah. give me some stability. Um, but also, you know, when you were talking at the beginning, I, I don't know why I just remembered this and it happened. Uh, so sometime, some years ago, I lived in Austin and that's where I met you, Scott, and uh, was when I was going to acupuncture school. And I remember taking one day off and I can't remember which one of the creeks it was, but um, they're off of Mopac. I went to some creek and it was the middle of the day and I just sat on this rock. And I remember this, I was watching these, this leaf like bounce along the creek. And I, I just sat there for, I don't know, just fascinated by this, this leaf just you know floating on the surface of water. And I thought, you know, and it would hit some pebbles and then sometimes it would kind of like get a little stuck there, but then the water kept moving and then it would move off the pebble and then it would go a little bit distance long. And, you know, it was just, so when you were talking about the flow and, you know, I, I, that image came to my mind and, you know, we can look at sometimes things in nature and it can help us to understand uh, how we can be. And so I was thinking, I think that's part of it. Part of what I've been learning in these experiences, and I've had people tell me many times, you need to learn how to go with the flow. <laughs> instead of disrupting the flow? Yeah, it's, instead of trying to fight it. you know. Right. So and much so, invite yourself to become the water. I think that's the transition. Yes, A lot of people exactly. say go with the flow but they have the illusion they're going with the flow because they don't realize they've stepped onto a rock. If you're the water, you flow right over the rock. The rock isn't an obstacle anymore. Your fluidity allows you to move past the rock with or without your decision. You flow over it, period. And that's where I think a lot of us are getting stuck is disidentifying with the water and becoming unfluid and like letting go our dynamic nature for a very static nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we lose, we lose our connection to loving, loving ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, with that said, you know, if if we can keep adapting and, and that's what we, we should be doing as humans. Right. Anyway. Right. Always adapting, always changing, always. If we can if we can, like you say, become the water, learn to just flow with it. I think it takes a, a lot of the pain and, you know, a lot of the anxiety out of situations. So mm -hmm. that was that was one thing, just learning, okay, I'm not going to be 
stuck in this, I have to be the strong one. I have to do everything. And, you know, sometimes I have to ask for help. I learned, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I have to, uh, you know, I had to, for the company that I did medical writing for, I was like, hey, I can't pick up any, fortunately it's a contract type job. So I was like, hey, for a few months, you know, I got a hand in the cast and I'm going through therapy. Um, I can't pick up any projects. And they were like, okay, they were fine. And I was surprised. I was like, wow. <laughs> you were expecting a ration of shit, right? You're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so that's part of it. Sometimes like our expectations have us creating these scenarios that actually aren't even there, you know? So, um, and that's part of not wanting to go with that flow and go with the, the situation as it's presenting itself. Yeah. I, I love what you're talking about, Tunisia. It's, it's the fact of, you know, what I was just listening to recently on a podcast is it is what it is, right? As soon as we acknowledge where we are with the situation, okay, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I have a, 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 a parent that's got Alzheimer's. I've got whatever situations in front of us. The moment that we decide, okay, it is what it is. Now I get to move forward from it. So many people stay stuck, but I know that a lot of people stay stuck in life. We're talking about the flow of life and who we are. Talk to us about empathy and forgiveness in your life, because I know a lot of people stay stuck, whether it's forgiveness they need for themselves for something they did, uh, a trans, a discretion that they didn't appreciate about themselves. Talk to us about that journey of, for you uh, of empathy and forgiveness to be able to get into that flow and stay in that flow. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> this is a, uh... I guess a little self-reveal when I was 34 mm -hmm. and I, like I said, the previous occupation, I was a, a, a tech writer. I was chemist, tech writer, uh, science writer. And uh, I was going through training one time and they had us do uh, this little, I guess, team building exercise where we did this empathy survey. Mm, this nice. was on my 34th birthday. I scored the lowest score out of everyone in the room on empathy. Whoa, whoa. How many people were in the room? I don't know. It was, it was, in, it was a corporate America job. I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten people, you know, in this training course. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> and, of course, the instructor used me as a person, to, as a teachable moment. You know, sure. they hurt my score. So um, that was some some decades ago. Uh, it was it was truly it was it was one of those things where I go, oh wow, okay, I need to change. And uh, so that was maybe the beginning of me really learning what empathy was, and you know that journey of, of moving to it. But I always think back to that. I was like, wow, I scored the lowest score in the room. I'm Wait, heartless. I'm heartless. So in, in defense of you there, Tanisha, just for a moment too, and I want all people to hear this, there's yeah. something called an emotional intelligence trait assessment. And so there's a certain empathy score that you'll just get at the core that's static your whole life that does not change. So your analytics, your statistical, your communication, your empathy, those traits are going to be your traits. But understand that's part of your design. So even your interest in science, something that in theory is like it's right or wrong, and then we move forward, that strength comes from a lot of times when we think of empathy, like it's important for us to be, I wonder what it's like, you know, in that person's shoes. I think in that space, I'm sure you evolve, but empathy is defined in the trait assessments. 
It's kind of like if I'm managing a group of people and I'm the CEO of the company. I want somebody with somewhat, or at least historically, they've wanted somebody with a lower level of empathy because me, I have a super high level of empathy. Here's what I'm going to do. Oh, take the days off. Oh, you guys are drinking beer on the job again. Just don't do that. <laughs> I, I would literally like, so I'm a visionary creator. I would get destroyed, which I have. So you want somebody to say, these are the rules. These are the structure. Here's what we play within. Here's the game. And so from an empathy standpoint there, I could see you being really effective there. Now, the extended empathy, the empathy of, hey, you know, Scott, if you're not feeling well, can we cancel the meeting and I won't hold any judgment against you? I'm sure we can all evolve into that space. Exactly. Well, one part of me trying to grow from that information was that unfortunately I went to one extreme, it's, you know, gotcha. trying to develop uh, more empathy and compassion and also having to really learn what authentic compassion is. So um, what is it? I want to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess what, what As I was opposed to inauthentic uh, compassion. Ah, seriously. Oh yeah. I want to hear it. <laughs> right. So, you know, not doing something because, you know, it looks good to others. Yeah. So really doing it from a sincere and authentic place. And um, so uh, that information was very pivotal, pivotal for me. Um, I can, I can just, that was on my 34th birthday about that was the guilt i got that birthday <laughs> so some old guilt that we listen we've all had guilt from different cultures different belief systems i feel like everyone you talk to you like oh that's part of your religious mindset too or your culture like guilt is those things that is a gift like we feel guilty like why am i so unempathetic i don't know i love it but that's, I mean, that's what we got to do. We got to sit there and have those moments where we really reflect upon our life. And so many times we're always doing instead of actually being. And I think that's something important that we could share with the viewers and the listeners of this program today is how can we get people to be more aware of being in the moment? Because I'm imagining that every moment with your mom is is such a gift. I mean, I'm 54 yes. and I look at every single day, like, you know, my, I think I, I, even at this young age, I still feel like I'm on borrowed time. Like, okay, I'm over 50, you know, between now and 80 or something like that, chances are you know, statistically speaking. And so I'm like really immersing myself in the moments with my son, with my wife, you know, whatever I'm possibly doing. Talk to us about that transition for you, perhaps of, of going from always going to now being who you are and kind of having that epiphany about who truly, who truly Tanisha is. Well, thank you, Christopher, for this opportunity. Um, so with the diagnosis, initially a struggle for myself and for my, my other two siblings, was learning to see mom as she is now and not as she had been yeah. growing up. Mm. And um, my mom, my mom, and I'm not going to say was, she still is because it's still there. But she, um, a lot of the personality that I have comes, of course, because of the way she reared me. And my mom is a free spirit. Nice. Um, she uh, was, you know, always on the, or is always, you know, on the go. Um, the way she raised us, the minute summer break hit, we were on the road. We were going somewhere, you know. So, um, you know, when when we started to see that she was not going to be able to do that anymore, that was a really big struggle. 
another big struggle was, um, so one thing that people who are caregivers of Alzheimer's uh, LOs, we call LOs, loved ones, um, is how do we deal with the person when they're saying things like, for instance, a person who has Alzheimer's that has lost their, their spouse might talk about their spouse as if they're still alive. And then, so do you have to remind them that the person has, should you remind them that the person has passed? Do you meet them where they are? So one day I went to see my mom and uh, we were sitting outside, she's in, in memory care. And, and she looked at me and she said, someone said something really horrible to me today, Tanisha. They said my mom had died. And I looked at her and this was at the beginning. This was near the early. And wow. being the person who got the lowest score in, on empathy in the room, um, I, you know, because you're right, Scott, that science part of my right and wrong, you know, right and wrong, is it's, it's the majority of it. Um, so Can I say so something real quick? I just yeah. wanted to say something that's interesting. Your right hand corresponds to your left side of your brain, yep. and that's your analytical side. That would be your scientific side. Your right hand was broken. I'll leave that there when you process while you're mm -hmm. explaining. I just want to put it out there because I'm listening to everything and watching it, and it's making so much sense how the universe worked. Isn't you lacked empathy crazy? and said, like you said to the universe, I want to right. be more empathetic. It gives you a chance to become more empathetic. You're yeah. getting all the gifts and recognizing them in broken hand, in opportunity to love somebody from a different space. This is, it's beautiful and it's not easy and it is the rocks, but you're doing it. Well, I tell you, there are forces out there that know better than I, so. They know better than all of us. We just flow and grow. Yeah. You have to. So yeah, so when that happened, of course, you know, I, I tried to, well, don't you remember yada 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 and um i mean it, as soon as it came out my mouth i knew it wasn't right yeah you know sometimes you have to tell the lie sure which was like oh my gosh now i'm telling lies you know <laughs> so uh i really learned that that afternoon that you have to meet that person where they are not where you think they should be. And so that was a really uh, big part of, again, getting me to change my understanding of empathy and, you know, learning, you know, you, you have the, 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 the medical team tell you, oh, you know, you always have to meet them where they are. You have to meet the person where they are. But until you really have the situation, it's kind of like role playing. Yeah. You know how you have those role playing exercises and you put your students through them or what have you. But until that person really has to deal with the situation, it doesn't it doesn't sink in and it doesn't it's not internalized until they actually it's kind of like I would imagine flying a plane. No many how many times you go through the simulations, not until you've really had to land a plane. Amen you know, then, you know, you really understand what. And you're right. Well, flying's not hard. Landing is. <laughs> so you want to know how to do that. <laughs> it's kind of important. And, and I don't know if you've ever flown. Anyone can fly. You just hold the thing. 
it's landing that's hard. Trust me. That's what I've heard. I, I took I took flight lessons, and when he's like, "Okay, now hand it over to me," I'm like, "Hell yeah!" He's pressing buttons, flipping things, the wings going sideways. I'm like, "I can fly. I just don't know how to land." So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, no. I've, thought, but I've seen the movies about that's always <laughs> the problem. They can't land the plane. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you know. Or they land a big 747 and they've never done it before and they land it all yeah. perfect and everything. Yeah, you're That's just all like, for movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, one of the things I want to ask you, Tunisia, is is based on kind of your personality and everything and being such a, a driven person. Um, talk to us about doing your best. I know a lot of people out there right now are struggling. I talked to somebody just earlier today. Um, they do mental health advocacy work. They do, they've done all these different things, but they're just getting to a point where they're just struggling. They're saying, Chris, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm like, are you really? So talk to us about that for yourself. You know, when we say we're doing the best we can, what are some identifiers that we can kind of key in on to really make sure that we're doing the best, not only for others, but really for ourselves, because that self-love component, as Scott talks about in Go Love Now, is so important. And oftentimes we want to give love to everybody else and we want to take care of everybody else. And then we we give ourselves whatever morsels are left. Talk to us about doing our best and what we can do for ourselves. That's a great question. Um, one that I had have had all my life uh, being a type A personality. And um, you know what I've, I've learned over the years is that if it's causing me um, more suffering to do something, to give something, to be in that space that maybe this is not right for me. This yeah. is not this is not real. What I was saying about authentic compassion. Mm -hmm. Compassion means having compassion for Sounds yourself good. as well as others. True. And Amen. sometimes, unfortunately, your best may be 80%. That's all that you can give. You know, you can't, you know, I, I heard, heard, heard it so many times. You can't give from an empty well. And this is so true. True. Um, so sometimes your best from someone else's standpoint may be 80%, but actually in reality from you, it may be your 110. That is beautiful. So, so maybe 10 or 30% are the self-love and the rest, like right in this present moment where I need some extra rest today because I've been a little off. That is required for me to be the best version of myself to everybody around me. Yeah. But we all know what we would have done in our early 20s. We would have fought through aggressively to a point that, we're sicker the next day or upset. So I took naps. I'm taking a break. I'm not going to go to the gym. Why? Because I'm going to take care of myself and rest. Mm, smart man. I don't know. I've, it's, <laughs> I want to find a way to go. I want somebody to like drive me there, put me in the machines, but I'm going to do it because I'm going to practice what we preach together here. Exactly. Well, you have to take that rest so that later on you can continue. You know, if you don't, your body, your body will make you stop. Yeah. Actually, that brings up a very good point. Well, I think a lot of times we always have the assumption that 100% is in the moment. So I'm giving 100% now, but 100% is understanding who you are so that you can be sustainable and regulate. So my 100%, if we were to look at it over a cycle of a year, is going to look really solid if I have the recovery and the rest. But it's going to look very sporadic and polar if I'm 100% now and I crash, 100% then, then I crash. So that's a beautiful way to look at it is how do you have... 100% sustainably. And the answer to that might be 78.43%. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. I love it. so when, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, go. you go for it. 
I was going to say there's one more thing um, I wanted to come back to because you had some, you know, beautiful comments about how do we role play? How do we get in the moment? And how do we really accept people where they're at in the journey? Mm. And so we'll, we'll use the example of your mom and my grandfather for this example. But I want people who are listening to think of this scenario with a boss, with a, a family member, whoever it is that you have some friction with that you don't know how to meet them where they're at in the journey. Now, first and foremost, if we've elevated to a space where we feel like we're beyond, we have higher lessons, we're in a space that we're up leveled, it comes with responsibility to be the light for others. And that responsibility we might not want to take, but that's the requirement for us all to evolve. So I'm gonna share with you a few of the things that I did with my grandfather when he was living us with us with Alzheimer's. So to the point, he would say stuff. My mom was very much the, you know, the way you would be at first. It was hard for her. She's like, dad, Nana's dead. Dad, Nana's dead. You know, your, your wife is dead. And he's, you know, so it was very, it was hard. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I mean, I'll, I'll just play along in the game with you, but I get that because we have different, you know, thinking styles. So one day I decided, wait a minute, I'm going to proactively play the game with him. So I know he loves baseball and the Red Sox only won the World Series that one year. So I'm like, oh, the Sox are on it's the, the World Series final. So anytime he was feeling like shit, we would watch that like it was brand new. I'd give him a beer. He always liked to eat cottage cheese and pineapple. And I'd sit with him. I go, no way. Ten bucks says, I feel like he's going to hit a home run. I just feel it. And he's like, oh, my God, you know it. And, and we had this beautiful experience together like it was brand new. And so when you think about this, there's a superpower that understands exactly where we're moving and they're giving us the crumbs to move forward. And that's our divine self. And it, it knows why we're going through this. Like I said, when you ask for empathy, it will give you an opportunity for empathy. It knows how this is playing out. Mm. So in this moment, be blessed that we're the superpower and enjoy that opportunity to create beautiful times for that individual. Cause there's an, there's a superpower creating opportunities for us to grow right now. So, you know, he said some stuff to me. He'd be like, hey, thanks for taking care of me. Like every once in a while, I'll hit me go, you didn't have to do this. And I said, and you don't have to teach me to throw a baseball. And you don't have to teach me about. And he goes, and I'm like, so eat your hamburger. Let's watch the, the Patriots or whatever. But there's something. And I literally want to say the word fun in the opportunity to enjoy those moments with them, but we have to get past, like you said, but you used to drive me around the country and you used to, but now it's your turn to mm -hmm. let them live their dreams in the moment. You must have got in my head and had <laughs> my thoughts. Earlier <laughs> week, I was speaking the exact thing, now it's my turn. That is uh -huh. exactly it. Good. And you know, the other thing in, all of this in the last four years or five, four or five years is, am I having fun? Ah, there you go. Am I Thanks. having fun? Is Can I find some joy in this moment? And if I'm too stuck in, you know, stress and, and it's going to be there. And there's the thing about stress. I want to say this. A lot of people, you hear people say, oh, that's stressful. So I'm going to run away from, okay. Some stress is good. Okay, yes. stress helps make that metal stronger. Yep. Okay. So, um, no, not all stress should we 
try to, you know, like live in this, this situation that's going to be harmful for us, but not all stress is bad for us. What, what really matters is how we're taking the situation. And, okay, can I find something to joke about? You know, like this is a pretty bad situation. The person, you know, you just get the MRI and it says, okay, they've lost 80% of their brain cells. Okay, mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, I'm just giving an example. Okay. I'm not saying that's exactly what it was, but you know, like, oh, okay, that's pretty bad. You know, you're you get these these this bad news, but do I have to t- do I have to live in bad news? You know, yes. can I find something lighthearted, something joyful? Is there something I can do? this moment to make this moment because that's all i really have that's all we have for that person you know amen um chris fresh you say you know we're not getting any younger so uh yeah we're not going to go back to 34 that's for sure so <laughs> i've been talking to myself a lot about that i'm like i talk about expectations because i'm like i'm gonna get back to when i felt like 27 i'm like the other day i actually stopped for a second i'm like chris you're 54 like give yourself a break. You've earned the miles that you've, that you've rode, you know, rode through life with, you know, it's okay to, to still want to get back there, but also having that, that realistic objectivity to go, okay, that's don't try to sit there and constantly be that. Cause you're going to be frustrated. There's you know, a 90 year old wishing there were 54. Yeah. So, so there's always going to be somebody ahead. Those who embrace the present moment are living and yeah. we can do that. We just that's get true. lured in by the outside noise. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when so I want to I want to kind of change gears for just a little bit because we're so we're talking about your mom and everything and I know this will help a lot of people because I've got a lot of my friends that are dealing with this fortunately or unfortunately I lost my mom 12 years ago and I never knew my biological father and my sister is somewhere else so I really have kind of dealt with death in my family like you know I think about my wife and I think about a lot of my friends who are dealing with their their parents getting older their siblings getting older I had one of my friends just tell me the other day he goes Chris I don't know how to feel anymore he goes my brother died. Like goes, my brother's been here since I was a little kid. It was like the longest living person I know. And I get chills when I think about this. Talk to us about the process of dealing with your siblings through this process. And what advice would you give to other people watching the show right now, thinking about their parents getting older? What are some things that we want to be aware of as our parents are aging and some things to be proactive about with our siblings to avoid any uh, misunderstandings or, or broken expectations? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, um, so... So there are three of us. My mom has three children. Um, the y- younger sibling, he and I take a pretty proactive role in, in caring for mom. So, and, and thank goodness we've been a support. Um, I know every every family is different and different family dynamics, but I honestly, I, I'm very blessed to have him, I have to say. Um, but I, I noticed that with this situation, our conversations have become deeper. You know, we talk about, we talk more than we ever had before. So I think that for families, a lot of times illness that, serious illnesses that affect families like Parkinson's, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, you know, these things really aren't just affecting one person. Yeah. They're not, uh, hypertension, you know, where a person can take a pill and then, you know, keep it under control, eat correct diet. The whole family is affected. And that's where communication and um, 
I think really trying to not tell someone else how they should feel also. Yeah. And just accepting and just saying, hey, I'm here as a support for you. Um, that's been the biggest thing for, for, for me and my family, I think, is, is those family members that are like, hey, I'm just here to support. I'm not trying to make you feel or think a certain way. And that is the biggest thing that we can really just do anyway for others because uh, we can't tell someone else how to feel or what to think or, or what to do. People will do what they want to do. Mm, so true. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know a lot of people out there have had, I've had friends who have had uh, their parents get Alzheimer's or, or dementia and you know, the sibling rivalry and the fighting and everything else that goes on and takes place is so sad as the parent is losing their capability to interact with their, with their family. Everybody's fighting over who's going to get what. And I, it's, I see it and I see it. it's so disgusting. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Thank you. Can I add one more thing in? And you started to touch on it, Tunisia. Chris, you're right. A lot of times people say like, what's next? And so they're thinking what's mine. But another thing before that comes is a lot of people go to their patterns. So the family dynamic, if there's a golden child, if there's a middle child that always sought specific, you know, attention, if there's a youngest child who caused more grief, and I'm just giving very stereotypical roles there. But, sure. but when we see that, a lot of times everyone plays their role. You know, the, the eldest will come to the table and be like, I've got this. I'll take care of it. The other one's like, does mom still love me? And then the middle one's like, hey, I'm in Vegas, but uh, yeah, just tell mom, give my love, you know. And so you have that. What I would say, too, is realize that those roles exist. OK, and ask good questions because exactly. And I think the questions and Chris, you're great at this and he's great at this. I think to be able to ask questions. So let's say I have a sister who's very, very, um, uh, like has to be there because she'll feel horrible if something happens. Um, what is it that makes you want to be there so much? How can I support that? Like be compassionate to them too. And you have the person who's always in charge. Can I take control of some of this? Because, um, if Philip will help me. And so I think that communication can be huge and it might be different because we go back to, to our patterns of like, you know, fighting in the sandbox or who stole the shirt or who had the box of cereal. But this is an opportunity for us to grow and not miss a moment to be in love or support our parents when we can, because when it's over, we're going to look back and have missed an opportunity. Exactly. Well, you know, one thing I want to say about support, and you know, it can come in a lot of many different ways. Um, so um, I, I found with my sibling, Sometimes just a, a little small act, I'm going to go get this for mom, you know, and, and taking whatever it is there that they can provide at the moment can also be something that, um, you know, it doesn't always have to be huge. And so sometimes when dealing with this dynamic, realizing is taking those small gifts of service from our family members and, and being open to that. I love that, receiving got to be able to receive Tunisia. Thank you so much for being here on the unfiltered experience. This has been a tremendous conversation. Your, your authenticity, your integrity, your openness, your vulnerability has been much, much appreciated. Um, we're going to wish your mom all the best in her process and her journey with your family and everybody else. Any final words for the viewers and the listeners uh, watching this program tonight? Just stay positive, keep going and remember to be grateful. 
Remember to be grateful. grateful. And and also not last but not last but not least, I cannot talk today. Um, people can get a hold of you through LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash I N forward slash Tunisia Green, T-I-N as a Nancy I-S-I-A G-R-E-E-N. For those of you guys listening on the podcast, LinkedIn.com forward slash I N forward slash T-I-N-I-S-I-A-G-R-E-E-N. Tunisia Green. Ladies and gentlemen, here on The Unfiltered Experience, thank you so much for being here. We're going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere because Scott and I are going to finish out the show and we still want to talk to you and say thank you once again. So appreciate you being here on The Unfiltered Experience. Thank you for the opportunity. You are welcome. Okay. Oops. There we go, Mr. Scott. Yay. Oh, my God. These times, I swear to God, these conversations just go by so fast. Like I can just keep going. We could go for two hours on this stuff, but we're intentionally keeping them to 45 minutes so everybody can do their workout and drive to work and listen to our beautiful voices. So what are some uh, what are some summations of this conversation tonight? You know, I, I, I can't get enough of the complexity yet simplicity of every discussion that we're having. And when I'm listening to Tunisia, I mean, you know that the things that she's going through, we're all kind of relating to and going, I have a moment like that. I have a moment like that. And it's almost like great comedy. Com great comedy comes with relatability. And so does great growth opportunity. It's like, I relate to that. I see that. It, it, man, I, so I know there were a lot of good nuggets here. And the ones I really want to focus on are the two that she said and add one more. I am grateful and I am growing. If in every moment we get off that rock and we keep growing and we come back to a baseline of gratitude, we're going to be in great shape. And the third is I am always communicating. If we bring those three things to the table, we're always going to continue to grow. We're always going to find the beauty in the moment. And, and maybe we could add a fourth. I am present. <laughs> so, but that's it. And I love it. And everything that she had to say and just how articulate and connected and willing to see when she's talking about it, when she's falling out of balance. Um, I love the comment about sustainable, um, given hundred percent is maybe really 80% to keep that sustainable. I mean, those are beautiful tid tidbits for all of us to take away, to make sure our cup's full and make sure we're doing the things we need to do to be present, embrace the journey and realize this is a very dynamic world. It is. And it's constantly evolving and it's constantly moving. I, I appreciate what you're saying here. And I, I totally, totally agree. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think one other aspect that I love of what she shared is, is the fact of the, the communication, the communication is so important, the communication to ourselves, how we're speaking to ourselves so oftentimes can really predicate whether or not we're going to be happy or we're going to be sad or we're going to be miserable or we're going to be happy. It's one of those things, how we talk to ourselves, but that also that communication, like setting the expectations with our family members, setting our expectations with those who we're having challenges with and, and having that open, honest communication. So oftentimes we keep it inside and we say, well, those people should know they should know. It's like, no, nobody knows until you actually have that conversation and, and speak about it and get that other person's involvement in it. And I also loved how the fact that she was very open to being, to growing, right. You know, and being in one of those flexible situations to sit there and say, wow, what is this opportunity presenting itself for me? And now how can I become more compassionate and being open to that and say, what do you mean? I, fuck your test and everything. No, she was like, oh, wow, I have some growing to do. I have some learning to do. So we encourage you guys out there. You guys that follow us and listen to the show obviously have the mentality of, of, of recognizing that this, this is a, this is an ongoing process as being uh, in the human form. And we just uh, want to strongly suggest to you to be open to the, receiving those, those little gifts, those little um, sudden nuances of challenges and asking yourself, what is it that I can learn from this? What is it that I can grow from this? And then by, by that stretch, who is it that I can help go through this particular experience uh, and perhaps, you know, maybe prevent it for them. So I love what Tunisia said, and, and we just appreciate you guys here being with us all the time. You guys can always catch us at uh, www.unfilteredexperience.com. 
theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there, check us out. Make sure you get on the Facebook page. Let us know what you want to see. We've been having a lot of fun with this particular season of the show, talking about I am statements and talking about who we are and our identity and everything else. We're excited to be continue bringing you other seasons. Uh, so let us know what it is that you want to see. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. And we'd be glad to entertain that with you guys. So www.theunfilteredexperience.com. And with that, we will be back here next Friday night, as always, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Scott, I love and appreciate you, brother. And I will see you next time here on the Unfiltered Experience.